Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 14. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. These are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan, in the wilderness, on the plain opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazroth, and Dizahab. By the way of Mount Seir, it takes eleven days to reach Kadesh Barnea from Horeb. In the fortieth year, on the first day of the eleventh month, Moses spoke to the Israelites just as the Lord had commanded him to speak to them. This was after he had defeated King Sihon of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, and King Og of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth and Idrai. Beyond the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses undertook to expound this law as follows. The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Resume your journey and go into the hill country of the Amorites, as well as into the neighboring regions, the Arabah, the hill country, the Shephelah, the Negeb, and the sea coast, the land of the Canaanites and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that I swore to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give to them and to their descendants after them. At that time I said to you, I am unable to, my, by myself to bear you. The Lord your God has multiplied you so, that you, so that today you are as numerous as the stars in heaven. May the Lord, the God of your ancestors, increase you a thousand times more and bless you, as he has promised you. But how can I bear the heavy burden of your disputes all by myself? Choose for each of your tribes individuals who are wise, discerning, and reputable to be your leaders. You answered me, the plan you have proposed is a good one. So I took the leaders of your tribes, wise and reputable individuals, and installed them as leaders over you, commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, commanders of fifties, commanders of tens, and officials throughout your tribes. I charged your judges at that time, give the members of your community a fair hearing, and judge rightly between one person and another, whether citizen or resident alien. You must not be partial in judging, hear out the small and the great alike, You shall not be intimidated by anyone, for the judgment is God's. Any case that is too hard for you, bring to me and I will hear it. 
So I charged you at that time with all the things that you should do. Acts chapter 12, verses 20 through 25. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they came to him in a body, and after winning over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for a reconciliation, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took a seat on the platform, and delivered a public address to them. The people kept shouting, The voice of a god and not of a mortal. And immediately, because he had not given the glory to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to advance and gain adherence. Then after completing their mission, Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem and brought with them John, whose other name was Mark. Good morning and welcome to the 16th Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 19, Deuteronomy 1, and Acts 12. And you'll notice that this morning's readings from Deuteronomy are kind of a mirror image of yesterday's readings from Exodus 18. Uh, As a quick reminder, Exodus 18 is not long after uh, the Israelites have fled Egypt and then been uh, miraculously spared when Moses, uh, by God's power, leads them through the Sea of Reeds and then collapses and destroys um, Pharaoh's army behind them. That was uh, Exodus 14, and the opening of Exodus 15 is when they call God a warrior, a man of war, Ish Milchama. And um, shortly thereafter in Exodus 18, they, uh, Moses is serving as the judge over all of the complaints. And his father-in-law says, hey, assign people under you, and only take the most complicated cases. And they will bear the burden of leading of leadership with you. This morning, Deuteronomy starts with that exact same incident. So they go, uh, they, they enter the land. It's like a, uh, it's, it's repeating some of the story. And it talks about how they enter the land, and then it goes into this appointment of the tribal leaders. Um, in Exodus, I think the the English translation was like officers or something. But in Deuteronomy, the English translation is commanders, sar, uh, which is the same as commanders of the army, sar saba, but here it's sar, um, well, the heads of tribes are the, the rosh shavet, and then the commanders of are of numbers, sar, Elef, Mea, and uh, Kamishma, uh, basically numbers, but the commanders are what's important. In Exodus 18, I wasn't sure exactly what the word, or the, um, uh, my goodness, the, the Hebrew word that was being used to talk about, you know, these 50s and 100s and whatever. Um, but it's, the English word is, Chiefs, in the at least the ESV, the English Standard Version, um, and only says that it says it once. Chiefs of thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens, and it's the same Hebrew word, sar. Um, and 
in Exodus, it talks about people who hate injustice um, and who are trustworthy uh, and who fear God. In Deuteronomy, however, it talks about um, it's only a slight difference, um, but it focuses on those uh, who are reputable and who are wise. Um, and I'm I'm kind of hammering on this because I'm I've been thinking lately about what God's plan for the military is or was or well is. In order to understand what God's plan for the military is, we have to understand what the military was created for. And too often we think of the military as a hammer that's looking for nails, right? Um, Many of us, too many of us, think of the military as primarily um, engaged in combat and, you know, violent suppression of, you know, national about disinterest, you know, pursues national interest through violence. That isn't to say that it hasn't done that, but that is to say that that is the United States military and a military pursuing corrupted ends. uh, The military has become corrupt, just like any other human institution. Um, But in order to understand what it should be, we have to admit that we don't, we haven't seen it be what it should be. And so when we talk about a a biblical worldview and what it means that God created the military good before it was corrupt, before it became in need of redemption, we have to look, you know, we start looking at the Bible. And uh, Israel was not a nation until they had uh, their Ten Commandments, until, you know, they were being formed by God in the wilderness. So when they flee Egypt and are, are saved uh, by God, the, the kind of final act of which is the, you know, the, the devouring of the chariots at the sea, that's when we start to see what, it, what God's intention is for a society, for a community that God um, um, builds in a corrupt world. Uh, so there will be a little bit of corruption, but it's going to show us, by looking at Israel, it's going to show us what it is that God wanted for human institutions after the fall. And I'm particularly interested in where the, you know, how these words are used, like milhama, which is war. Um, They come out of this miraculous salvific event, and they say, God is a man of war, ish milhama. Well, what the fuck do they know of war? They've never been to war. They've never been a nation. They've never been a people. They've been slaves. And before that, they were just a bunch of tribes wandering around in the desert with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Um, but with this or this early ordering of society, we begin seeing this structure, uh, this, I don't want to say hierarchy because I don't think it's top-down, bottom-up. It's It's just structured. I don't know. It's like a, a formation, right? Um, the guy at the far right is, you know, you can see him as outranking everybody to his left, and that's how many formations are. Um, but the main point is to just get everybody all ordered in one place so that you can count them, so you can, uh, you know, see who, you know, falls in behind who. Um, you know, you can check awards, make sure everybody's squared away. Like, 
to say that a formation is about rank is only really partly true. Um, but uh, so I'm really interested in the military as um, the the community within the community that is specially tasked with maintaining and protecting God's good order, just as God created order over chaos at the beginning, the military from which we, or uh, a word that comes from the Latin word for thousands, milli, um, is, I think, is more about this order, about this structuring, about this, um, you know, uh, skeletal system upon which the rest of the body of Christ and the people of God can adhere. It doesn't mean that they're better than everybody else. It just means that they're the ones who are stewards, particularly of God's order. Um, and that includes judges, I think. That includes law enforcement and police. I think that also includes firefighters and medical um, service personnel, people who protect the goodness of an ordered and just society. Uh, and here in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is this really interesting book because it kind of recalls a lot of other things that have already happened um, in Genesis and Exodus, and it kind of retells them in, in its own unique way. Um, so, for example, uh, Deuteronomy, I think, 27, is this really interesting part about Jubilee, and the Jubilee year and sabbatical and blah, blah, blah. And Deuteronomy is very justice-minded. Um, the Deuteronomist wants or seems to want to, or the, the Deuteronomy and the Deuter Deuteronomical elements elsewhere in the Old Testament typically serve as kind of a, if not a contrasting voice, then certainly a softening voice to the rigid uh, liturgical and like formal formality, I guess, of like numbers or kings, right? Uh, that that's much more interested in history and the the you know boring kind of unfolding of events. Um, the Deuteronomist and Deuteronomy and its influences uh, elsewhere, they are that tradition is much more interested in kind of connecting us with this mysterious and grand entity we call Elohim and Yahweh and everything else. Um, and yet it opens with this ordering of uh, Israelite society. Um, and it's about judging, it's about hearing complaints, it's about um, preserving justice, and it's also about orderedness you know, the rank and file, like literally rank and file. Um, and so I think that that is where we see the birth of God's idea or plan for what we now call a military. Um, that it isn't about violence, it's about assembling, it's about um, being in nice, neat little rows. Um, and once assembled, that also means we know what our strength is, our, our numerical strength. Um, and that isn't to say that numbers are better, superior numbers are better. Um, 
often battles before battles god will reduce the number of israelites who will fight to make it very clear like this is not about your power this is not about you being you know a nice pretty you know ordered whatever it's about you following god and doing the things that i tell you to do because i know because i'm god um and you need to trust me anyway i'm going on a tangent but i think these two pieces yesterday and today in Deuteronomy and Exodus 18 are a really important clue if we want to think about what it means that the military is created good before it has become corrupt and uh, seeks out and, and needs redemption. What does it mean to identify the origin, the purpose, the function of the military? And I think we have a, a glimpse of it here in these last two readings today and yesterday. A prayer for courts of justice from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, who sits in the throne judging right, we humbly beseech you to bless the courts of justice and the magistrates in all this land, and give unto them the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that they may discern the truth and impartially administer the law in the fear of you alone. Through him who shall come to be our judge, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.